At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's going on and welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Hope everyone had a great Labor Day holiday. I'm Daniel Sowerson alongside my co-host Jim Eichenhofer of Pelicans.com. We wrap up a week of player recaps and we start off with a very special guest as today we focus in on J.J. Redick and we're joined by his co-host for the podcast, The Old Man in the Three, Tommy Alter. I know a lot of people have been enjoying the podcast over the last few weeks, which started in the bubble and has continued now with over 10 episodes. And uh, Tommy, we're kind of taking a different approach with this podcast because I think a lot of people know the type of player JJ is. He just finished his 14th season in the NBA, but we kind of wanted to kind of know maybe some of the behind the scenes stuff of how your podcast and all your relationship with JJ has gone. But first off, I really appreciate the time. How are you? Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited to do this. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are, you guys are, you guys are, uh, you're keeping the content train flowing, even in the, even outside of the bubble. I respect it. Yeah, we got to keep the paychecks going. So the content has to get flowing as well. So that's absolutely. It. Yeah, that's absolutely. it. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, let's start off with your relationship with JJ. Uh, I think first of all, I just want to know how long have you known JJ? Um, just whether it's from a podcast or not. Uh, we met, we met uh, when JJ was still in the Clippers. We met out in LA um and i'd say maybe five or six years ago uh and you know one of the things i say this i say this to him a lot and i say this about him a lot and i'm sure this was the same same thing for you guys when you met him originally and i don't know whether you knew him before he came down to new orleans is he is uh the first time i met him i knew immediately he's different and he's just an incredibly sharp person on everything so he's obviously very well read and he's just sort of knowledgeable about a million things basketball and otherwise but he's also somebody that he recognizes details he remembers things um and so I met him uh I met him in LA when he was still here Uh, I'm out in LA now um and you know we at that point he had just started doing uh the podcast for Yahoo Woj had called him maybe a month earlier or something like that. So we'd done a few episodes and we just talked about it for a while. 
uh, and I had some a little bit of experience in this in this world, but I just had a bunch of ideas for him and da da da. And um, you know, we sort of became friendly, and then we just sort of started working on it together. Uh, and it, it's something that he has uh, he has gotten so much better at. To me, it's crazy, and we I kind of I kind of laugh about it with him a little bit in that if you go back and you listen to the first Yahoo episodes, they're not, they're not bad. You know, it's not like they're, um, it's not like they're unlistenable or anything like that, but it really is like, we say this to people all the time, you know, and I'm sure you guys know this as well in podcasting in particular, it's just reps, you know, it's like, you can't, it's very hard for anybody to walk in off the street, having never done it before and be good at it. And so it's just repetition and doing it over and over again. Uh, and he's been, you know, he's been committed to it. And, and so that has, it's really sort of like he is with everything else in his life. It's, it's why it's kind of gone how it has. Uh, I guess, you know, it's absolutely right. As far as the preparation, it seems like, you know, listening to you guys from the ringer onto your, now your podcast by yourself is how much preparation goes into a podcast. I don't think people realize how much goes into it. It's not just you two turning on a mic with a guest and talking, there's a lot of planning with your guests, what you're going to ask them, what you two are going to talk about with each other. But I guess going back to the five or six years ago when you met him, um, you talked about how you met in Los Angeles. I guess what made you turn to the podcast route as far as you two working together? Um, well, part of it, part of it at that point, you know, I still am. I'm involved in a bunch of uh, TV shows and um, other sort of forms of entertainment. But part of the thing with the podcast specifically as a medium uh, is its flexibility allowed it to be realistic for somebody like him. Um, Cause even somebody who cares about it a lot, you know, there's no way that he could have hosted a TV show, you know, schedule the schedule is too crazy and you're right. dealing with, and you're dealing with a million moving parts. You're dealing with if no matter how low bare bones a TV show is, um, and I'll say this just as sort of an aside, you know, like one of the shows I'm working on right now is with LeBron for HBO called The Shop. And that's a perfect example of like, we do, we only do a few episodes a year because, uh, you know, every episode there's, you have network involved, you have a ton of crew involved. It's just not something you can just pull up and say, hey, we're going to do an episode tomorrow. Boom, boom, boom. And with a podcast and we knew this and we had a bunch of friends I mean, I obviously had my experience, but he also had a bunch of friends, very close friends who worked in television and worked in these other mediums. It was very clear that that wasn't an option. Um, and so we just sort of started experimenting with, uh, you know, like doing guests in person, doing guests remote, what the difference between that kind of thing was. And we basically realized, and we've realized this to this day, but we realized even back then, um, the barrier to entry from a production standpoint is so minimal that it basically allows us and him and us really to be like, if we want to do this, we can do it, you know, versus we need to get approval from a million people and we need to get a bunch of, uh, spend a bunch of money to do production on this and everything like that. And I think, I think we've seen with the podcast boom overall um, across the board over the, you know, since we first, he and I first started talking about it, a lot of people have figured that out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Now, from a, from a basketball standpoint, have you been a big basketball fan growing up? Was that your number one sport overall, or was it something else? And now you've kind a, of been... I was a basketball fan. I grew up a Bulls fan. I grew up a fan of all the Chicago sports teams. Um, 
I always, uh, I, for whatever reason, I mean, I, I, it's weird. I was a, I was a Chicago fan cause I grew up in New York. Um, my family's mm-hmm. all from Chicago. Um, I always knew a lot of players. Um, even like, I weirdly went to like my, the, one of the guys who went to one of my rivals high schools was Kyrie Irving. And so I knew Kyrie when he was in high school and, um, I, it was always a thing that I was kind of around it to some capacity, but I never was like, I'm going to work in it or anything like that. And I didn't really make any effort to do that. I didn't have any internships or jobs or anything in the basketball world. Um, but I always, I, I certainly always followed it. Uh, and then, you know, as we sort of started doing this, I just had to follow it a lot, a lot closer because I had you, your, you know, my lack of, uh, my ignorance on the topic would stand out very very obviously if i was not caught up to speed on everything that was happening and so I've, I've obviously become much more uh in tune with the game absolutely before i get to jim one more question here uh for for me just for a second um with, with jj and his reputation in college were you one of those guys that hated jj reddick at duke there's a lot of people that he was a no, love relationship him. no with i JJ. liked him i never okay. hated jj because i like the i like the cockiness i like all the i like all the cocky college players even now i even like the guy what was the guy from old miss that was crazy um, oh yeah oh what's his marshall name? henderson marshall yeah. henderson yeah yeah i liked it yeah it's 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 exciting i don't understand why you want these guys to be robots right you know yeah and, and i understood i understood the uh and i joke we joke about it on the show a lot i understand the anti-duke sentiment but that's you know that to me is no different than people that hate the yankees Everyone yeah. hates teams that are good year, year, year after year. Absolutely. Yeah, Tommy, um, you, you mentioned um, some of the things that stood out about J.J. when you first met him as far as attention to detail and, and just traits that he has. What do you think has been the most fun aspect of doing the podcast with him just based on, you know, his personality and, and some of his – some of how much he knows about so many different things? Um, I would say the thing that – constantly impresses me about him when it comes to the podcast is his flexibility um and we actually see this a lot i mean i'll give you a good example so like to me and i think probably to you guys and to listeners it's not that surprising that if we do an episode with uh dwayne wade he's going to do a good job with it you know he's a he knows him um he's a professional basketball player he's a smart guy dwayne's a smart guy like it's a high, it's going to be a high level conversation. The thing that makes JJ unique. And I, at this point, I know a lot of these guys and I think they would all admit it. And he's really the only one to me that can do this at this level is he can walk in and with somebody from any field. And as long as he's done a little bit of prep, he will be able to do it. And so we've basically like, we did an episode a couple of years ago in New York, um, with this chef named Missy Robbins, who we've sort of gotten to know pretty well since then. And Missy, she runs a couple of really good Italian restaurants in New York. One is called Lilia. The other is called Missy M-I-S-I. And this, I sort of set this thing up because JJ was a big fan of the restaurants. Like he just was, it was the place he always wanted to go, but he had no relationship with Missy beforehand. And we basically figured out very quickly when we met her, Missy knows nothing about sports. Like she didn't know who he was. Somebody at her, someone at her, at her office was like, you should do this. We've listened to the show. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And so she was super nice and super charming and everything. 
but um there was no like not only was there no like reverence or anything like that there was no acknowledgement i think she did not not she didn't know jj from duke she didn't know jj from the nba and i think that was the case with any player i don't think that was unique to jj sure. and he just killed the, the convo with her and she ended up leaving there being like wow i think she literally said like that's the best interview i've ever done or something like that and she has no reason to say it. I don't think she would just say that out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And you basically realize like that he can do that with anybody. And we're going to do more of that on the show. I think once we, once the season ends, um, because right now I think everybody is so focused on uh, basketball, rightfully so. Sure. Um, and, you know, we've tried to sort of figure out uh, different players, different people around the game to have on and everything like that. But there's a uh, a broadness that he's able to sort of capture, which is I think is pretty unique to him. Sure. Um, is there a is there a story behind the name of, of the the old man in the three? I mean, I think people that are know something about literature get the reference, but is there some some story behind how you guys came up with that name for the podcast? It's really it's really he and I both uh, are Hemingway fans um, and. We just were looking for something that was a little bit, you know, we did not want to call it the JJ Reddick podcast with Tommy Alter or the JJ and Tommy. Pod. Like we wanted yeah. it to have a name. Um, and you, we talked to a couple friends about it and uh, we kind of bounced around a couple of ideas and we landed on this one. It just kind of stuck. Gotcha. Um, last thing for me before I go back to Daniel, um, when I talked to JJ on media day, which was I think one of the first times that I really had a chance to talk to him for more than a couple minutes, um, I said to him kind of offhand, I was like, you know, you seem like you're setting yourself up for a career in media. And he kind of looked at me and he was like, ah, I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. I was wondering just from your perspective, um, what do you think his future is going to be when he stops playing basketball? What do you think he, what direction do you think he's going to go in? I have no idea. <laughs> it could be a million, it could be a million different directions. I think I'm not even just like saying that. I think that he, there's a lot of different stuff that he could do in media and basketball in completely separate things from both. And I think he'll try a few different things. I don't, but I, I don't think he has a plan. I don't think he has, he knows what he's doing and he's being coy about it. You know? So I think that, I think, I think if he wanted to be in media, obviously he could do it. Um, But you know, that's going to be a, that, that will be a call that he will probably make when he knows he's not going to play anymore, you know? And I just don't know when that's going to be. So um what's interesting about uh your podcast and i really enjoy it is the balance you have it's not just about basketball one i love the top five that you all do every, every time i'll get to that in a second but it's not just about ba- basketball the stacy abrams podcast was probably one of my favorites being from georgia now living in new orleans i definitely appreciate it a lot more um with a lot of people talking about whether it's to stick to sports or keep politics out of sports how do you all find that balance i know it's a podcast so you kind of control obviously the content but how do you find that balance of wanting to talk about the things that you all want to talk about and keep that in mind when some people do just want to kind of listen for the basketball types of topics i would say um i think i think we we've talked about it a little bit you know he has felt I, I have a lot I have a lot of sort of friends in the political world and contacts in the political world and everything like that. I would have understood if we didn't get into politics on the show um, because I do understand that mentality from fans and everything like that. 
he's felt very strongly that we need to do a certain amount of it. Um, and to me right now, it's, I think we're in a place and then we could probably hijack the sidebar the whole show with this conversation, but like yeah. we're, we're in a place where there's no, the things are intrinsically linked at the moment. I mean, look at what happened last week uh, in the NBA. And so it doesn't feel out of place for us to do it. Um, I don't know necessarily that it will be a thing that exists on the show forever uh, because I think that is, I think we sort of program the show as a, uh, as a sort of like distillation of what's happening in the country, you know? And so if everybody is super hyped up about basketball, 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 or whatever it is, I think it would be out of place for us to stick a ton of politics stuff in there, but there's such a, it's an election year and there's so much going on in the political world that it would almost be like show malpractice for us to like pretend <laughs> that it isn't, isn't happening, you know? So it, it's definitely going to continue. Um, and, you know, I think that, I think that as we sort of move forward, I know he wants to do this and I want to do this as well. It's like, we want to push, push the conver that conversation to another level, you know, where we don't, we don't want it to be um, one singular perspective all the time. You know, we want it to be a place where there are different ideas on the show. And we even have some ideas of, of uh, folks to have on that might be unexpected, but I feel like we could have an interesting conversation with that. It doesn't feel necessarily like we are just like jamming one thing, one thing down your right. throat all the time. Yeah, and, and and also you guys have a lot like to have a lot of fun with the show. And I mentioned the top five. Do you come up more with the top fives, or does he do, or is it a balance of both? Because there's it's a wide ranging of topics. Whether it's breakfast cereals, or the other day it was jerseys. Well, this is a this is a sore sub. This is a point of uh, sore subject for him because first of all, he's terrible at the top fives, and he okay. loses them every, he every time. I've noticed that, but but. Uh, we come up with them we come up with them together you know he has a lot of the ideas i mean i i probably have more of the ideas but it's never a surprise um we kind of it's kind of a joint effort coming up with them uh where he's gotten mad at me recently is i will audible <laughs> at the five yard line and i will i will completely shift it but we did one we did an episode with mark cuban a couple weeks ago um and uh the top five, the, the idea that we had was do top five, uh, basically like top five apps on your phone, like straight up, like yeah. if you had to pick five apps on your phone. Da, da, da. And so that was the idea, good idea. We had the thing. He had his whole like list written out with like a million uh, thoughts on it, everything like that. And then we got on with Cuban and for whatever reason, I don't know why I did this, but I was like, yeah, top five apps on your phone if you're on a desert island. And all the apps that he had <laughs> were horror, like did not fit on a desert island. It was like a, a wine tasting app and like Resi, which is like a thing you make dinner reservations on. Like those are, this is what I'm saying. Like he's bad at it. Like those are terrible picks, even if you're not on a desert island, but it really didn't make sense then. And so like, there's always an element of that where we come up with them, but we also will like, we'll mix it on the fly. Absolutely. All right. Before I let you go, I do want to ask for those that are uh, wanting to or just learning about the podcast, uh, where can everyone go listen to the podcast? So everybody can find the podcast, Old Man on the Three, um, on any of the platform, any of the uh, sort of podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, everything like that. 
we also have been putting the full episodes up on YouTube um, as well as the clips, which has been interesting for us because they've done like very well, very quickly, which maybe is not surprising because we're talking, I think the NBA does well on YouTube in general. Um, but we're putting the full apps up there. Uh, if you search the name of the show or you search JJ or you search me or whatever. Um, and then I would also say, you know, we have a, we have a production company, 342 Productions, that the show lives underneath. And we're probably going to announce some stuff in the relatively near future about new shows and things like that. So um, I think the plan is like get this show in a space where it can sort of operate singularly and then expand a little bit. But absolutely. It's, it's been a great show um, from The Ringer now to The Old Man and the Three. You guys are doing it on your own. You do a great job with it. I, I'm glad he put it on YouTube, too. I am curious how many books JJ has read on his bookshelf that he has behind him in most of these episodes. I, I'm sure there's a that's lot a, of them. But that's, I'm curious. that's a question you have to ask him. Yeah, that is. You have a good answer on that. <laughs> that's, that's Tommy Alter, co-host of The Old Man in the Three. He does a great job with JJ. Plenty more guests to come, but the first 10 episodes or so are available, as Tommy mentioned, on those variety of platforms. Tommy, this was different from a player recap we've done in the past, but I really appreciate it. Kind of get to know JJ off the court. Um, best of luck on your future endeavors. I hope to have you on soon. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. All right, so good stuff there from Tommy Alter. Uh, we kind of went in a different direction, Jim, as far as the podcast is concerned. I think everyone kind of knows the type of player J.J. is in this 14th season. So I know we've been recapping kind of J.J. on – or players on the court. And I guess J.J., I mean, he was J.J. this year, right? I mean, there was not much more to say about us. He was a very important part of this Pelicans team. Yeah, second in the NBA in three-point percentage, which obviously is no surprise whatsoever. The only guy that had a better year from beyond the arc that took a decent amount of threes was Seth Curry. So, I mean, three-point shooting, intensity, I think that was one of the things that people maybe who hadn't followed him closely throughout his career really took note of this year in terms of Pelicans fans was that, I mean, the guy just brings it every single game. Um, he was a, He's been a great leader for the team as far as on a team that really needs a little bit more vocal um, leadership and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of, I think everybody was impressed by what he did this year and whatever your expectations were for him. I think he exceeded the, you know, most of them, I think, if not all of them for people that you get a guy this deep into his career. And the thing that, one of the things that's most impressive about me is it seems like he's still getting better. We talk about Brandon Ingram winning most improved player of the year in the NBA in his fourth season. Reddick seems like he's still getting better, and this this was his 14th season, so pretty pretty impressive stuff. Absolutely, and hopefully next year we can start a new playoff streak with him, as that was snapped this year with the Pelicans. It was 13 to 13. Now 13 out of 14 ain't bad, but hopefully not next bad. year, and not bad at all. Hopefully next <laughs> year turn some things around and he can make the playoffs, and hopefully uh, fans will be able to come in and watch this team as well. And just like all of you, we at Seeky can't wait until we're back in the stands cheering on our favorite teams and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in the Big Easy, well, easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back. Or better, if your event is canceled, guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, Let's go. Well, we have one more week. This is our final week of player recaps. As we mentioned at the beginning, this is a pretty good week as far as guests are concerned. I think Jim will agree as tomorrow we continue with recapping Josh Hart's season and we get one of his old friends to help. Actually, it's his old college coach and Jay Wright from Villanova. Uh, we look forward to that conversation with him and then we'll wrap up our player recaps on Thursday. 
I guess it's our uncle's segment, as we call it, with uh, Uncle E, Etuan Moores, and a lot of people have been saying the same thing with Derek Favors, D-Fave, and I'll be with Will Guillory uh, from The Athletic. We, we learned as we were interviewing him that he is not an uncle, um, but as Jim and I are uncles, I think we carry that torch uh, for the show. And then we'll take a little bit of a hiatus, and then we'll come back for you again once the head coach is announced for the Pelicans, and then leading up to the NBA draft, which is as of now is scheduled for October 16th. Well, Jim, I look forward to these next couple of podcasts with you, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow, my friend. Yeah, it should be a fun week, and uh, and we look forward to what's coming up down the road as well. All right, for Jim and Tommy, I'm Daniel Sallers, and thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeking.